0: Welcome to the Inspired Riding Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Lauren Parrish. As a certified riding instructor, remote coach, and rapid transformational therapy practitioner, a powerful form of hypnotherapy, I'm here to remind you to slow down, trust your intuition, and really deeply listen to your horse and this will make for the best co-creative dances possible, whether you're on the ground or connecting on their backs. Thank you so much for being here, and here we go. Hello there. Thank you so much for joining me in another podcast. This one is going to be all about jumping, jumping stories, and jumping tips. So I grew up on Long Island in New York, and... I started riding when I was eight years old, and I believe they had me going over little jumps without me even realizing what was happening in the beginning. And it was probably when I was about nine and a half where I actually started learning how to jump little cross rails properly at my new riding school. After that, I was hooked. There was nothing like soaring over a jump with a horse that loved to jump. And I did it all the time in my lessons. I was so blessed to have amazing, safe lesson horses that would take care of me. And we even practiced jumping without the horses. All of my friends who were in riding lessons with me, we were dubbed the barn rats. I'm sure you've heard that term plenty of times. But um, we absolutely loved going out to the arena, setting up little jumps for ourselves. And then we'd even critique each other. But the cool thing is when we would actually jump, I would imagine the bottom half of my body was the horse and the upper part was, was me. So I would literally practice the timing of the strides and focus on finding the right spot for the jump and making sure that I was being really straight and really careful. So I really think that helped me when I actually was in the saddle because I could visualize and really feel everything in my body that needed to happen. And that really helped me um, do well with the horses. And a lot of my trainers were really impressed that I was able to kind of motivate some of the other horses that were usually a little energy conservationists. But I had just such excitement and such joy when it was time to ride and jump that the horse just felt that from me and it like bubbled up and we, we would just charge around. And I watch videos now um, of when I was little and I would really be going fast. And I look at it now and I kind of cringe like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I was ever really taught a proper half halt. And, you know, when you're riding and you're going around a jump course and if your horse is getting a little too quick, you need to rebalance them. So in order to do that, you have to know what a half halt is and how to use it tactfully. So I'm going to share a little bit about my thoughts on half halts just to give you an idea if you've not heard this way of explaining it. So here's a little post I wrote to explain all about the half halt. Here's a quote from Robert Dover. Aim to create the perfect state of balance and attention. That's his take on a half halt. How I do mine. I use a combo of inspired riding, centered riding, and equestrian tai chi, and then basic biomechanics. So the first thing I do, I imagine clearly how I want my horse to feel and look. I see that picture in my mind and feel it in my body. Then I send those pictures to my equine. That's the inspired riding part, using my telepathic connection. Number two, I stretch out long and tall like I'm a ballerina. Like I'm a prima ballerina, I should say. <laughs> and stay balanced in my body. And that's from Centered Riding. Sally Swift is amazing. If you haven't checked out that book, definitely, definitely read that one. And then number three is I breathe into my lower dantienn just below my belly button that's your power center there and then as i breathe into my belly i imagine i'm connecting to my horse's body and we're developing a beautiful flow together almost like ocean waves and that's your equestrian tai chi thrown in there and then number four is i add both lower legs for support and then squeeze my outside rein gently for a count of two to three seconds just as long as it takes for you to breathe in and out. And then I release everything. So all of that combined can take less than five to six seconds. And now when I do them, I do them when my horse is rushing or feeling heavy on the forehand. I do them before any transition. When I notice my pony is getting distracted, remember that quote in the beginning, Aim to create the perfect state of balance and attention. And then also, as we're talking about jumps today, I do it in between jumps. So you want to make sure that you're doing your half-halts tactfully, like I said earlier. And that means you want to do them in between a jump course, like say in the corner. You don't want to necessarily do it like one stride before the jump because then you're really starting to micromanage your horse and that doesn't feel good to them so basically you want to make sure you've set up a really good steady tempo at least three to four strides before your jump like that's what you want to aim for so if you're five or six strides out and you feel like you're just totally strung out you should do a half halt (laughs) and then you can rebalance yourself back with your horse your horse can rebalance themselves back with you and then you should be able to establish that really nice steady tempo. So speaking of that, besides half faults, you want to establish really, really wonderful different types of canter. You want to make sure that you can get a really good working canter that you can just rely on and know this is the amount of strides my horse is going to do on this line. And then you want to be sure you can open them up and allow them to stretch out their canter so that way they can do less strides in between in in between two jumps and then you want to be able to collect the canter as well so you can add in a stride if you need to or two so a really wonderful exercise I've been drilled on when I was a kid and I still love to do it uh, just with poles on the ground it's really fantastic it helps remind you to really dial in how to count your strides and it also helps you develop that beautiful canter. So what you want to do is you canter into a jump or a pole on the ground, and then you count your strides. And basically what you want to do in the beginning is just see how many strides you get with your horse going naturally at a regular working canter. Then what you want to do is start to play around And see if you can collect the strides. And let's say the horse gets five strides in the line. See if you can get six strides. See if you can get seven strides. So you're really collecting them. And then uh, go back to your five strides. And then see if you can open them up to get four strides. And that's going to really help you get a very adjustable canter. And when you start to dial in exactly the canter that you want, your jump courses are going to become so much easier. Because then you can say, okay, I need to half halt back and add an extra stride in this line. Or I need to half halt back and then create some more energy so we can move out and take out a stride. So the half halts are key. And the canter adjustability is another huge key. So I want to talk a little bit more about one of the horses I used to ride as a child. If you've actually read my book or listened to my Audible, you'll hear about him. His name was Calcutta, and he absolutely loved to jump, so much so that he would see a jump and just pull me towards it. And he's like, we're going, lady. <laughs> so I basically just had to hold on. I had a little bit of a sense of how to do half halts, but as a child, my whole goal was just to stay on, make sure my form was decent, we were going straight, and that I would set my horse up to jump the jump in as safe as way as possible. And just basically have fun. Like I really didn't know too much about dressage until later. And now that I've learned that, I'm like, okay, we can really combine the dressage in between the jumps. So anyway, back to Calcutta. When I would ride him, he would pull me towards jumps and it would be a little bit hairy because things would get very fast, very quick. And one of our very first uh, shows that we went to, it was an indoor arena. It was in the wintertime. It was super cold. And he was revved up like just he was an appendix if that gives you an idea so an appendix is a quarter horse thoroughbred cross if you don't know and that's just a a horse that just wants to go (laughs) and so he was absolutely fantastic he he was actually an event horse um, and he's just taking care of this 11 year old kid that's just flying around on him in like two foot three jumps two six at the most and we're going around and we did beautifully we did our finishing circle after the course and we're about to leave the arena. And then he just turns and looks at another jump, makes a line for it. And then he jumps again. And then he jumps again. And then he jumps again. <laughs> and I was holding on, trying to figure out what to do. And I hear my trainer go, steer him into the wall. Like, that was the only way we were going to get him to stop. I don't recommend that as uh, <laughs> something to do if you can prevent it. But eventually it did get him to stop because he was just not stopping. (laughs) He was just on a mission. So, you know, now as I'm older and I think back on it, if I had learned how to do proper half halts, there's a chance I could have really brought him back and settled him in. But to be fair, he was very strong and I was very small. So, you know, you live, you learn, you have fun. And of course I was safe. He was safe. He didn't get hurt, but it got him to stop. And so it's like you have to have these experiences to understand what you could do better later. And, and that's the beautiful thing about riding. It's like a moving puzzle. Every time you sit on a horse, you get into this appreciation mode. And then you start thinking, what is it that I can do to help this horse? What is it that I can do to help myself feel better with this horse? And it's just this continual dance back and forth. And it's never boring. <laughs> so I'm always learning. So one of my other favorite stories to talk about with jumping is my little Arabian Biffy. He was um, really amazing Polish Arabian, and he was bred to be a halter horse, and he was bred for Western pleasure. And he was actually, he was used in breeding until about seven years old, where he was um, turned into a gelding at seven, so much later in life. And then I found him when he was, I think, 12 years old or 13 years old and he was teaching lessons and he became my main lesson horse and we did a little bit of jumping but I could tell there was always some tension there and I found out later that he was probably just like pushed into things before he was ready and he was just always so nervous and you know me being you know a young adult I really wanted to play around with some jumping with him and get him to feel more comfortable So I started doing more of my telepathic connection with him and I asked him what he needed. And he basically said, I need you to talk me through the jumps. I was like, oh, I can totally do that for you. So he was so cute. Before we do a little jump course, I would start to talk to him and tell him what the course was. And I could feel him take a deep breath and make a big poop. Like he always had to make a big poop right before the jump course. Like, okay, now I'm ready. (laughs) I can focus. Um, so we, we went through it and I would go, okay, Biffy, we're coming around the corner, going to the one with the yellow flowers and like, he would be so confident with me because I would explain to him what I needed him to do. And he just loved to connect with me in that way. And that's the biggest thing. Like if you're riding a horse and you're jumping a horse, especially you want to make sure that you're making friends with this horse and creating a beautiful relationship with them and doing your best to do as much as you can with the things that they love to do as well. So I did a lot of the Western pleasure because that's what he loved to do. And then he compromised and did some of the jumping with me. And and that was such a beautiful thing to do. We used to go to these shows in California where they had uh, the Western in the morning and the English in the afternoon. And I remember the first time I took him to a show, he was getting really nervous about the jumping that that was going to be added on. And I could see, I could feel him just like tense up and get nervous. So this comes to my next point. Whenever you feel your horse tense up, check in with yourself so you're probably getting tense too. So make sure you're breathing and connecting to your body and just bringing your thoughts back into your body and even like wiggling your toes and your boots. So that'll help you connect back into your body so then you can connect to your horse. Because a lot of times when tension happens, you're floating away, your mind is like gone, and and some people just freeze up, and, and that's no way to be riding. So if you if you really can't get yourself back into your body, the best thing to do is just hop off at that point and regroup. But if you can, bring yourself back and start doing some breathing. My biggest advice that I actually used at this first horse show is I started thinking, what if I pretended I was someone else? What if I pretended that I was the most confident jumper I've ever known? And, you know, at that age, I was like, I'm going to pretend I'm Greg Best with gem twist. (laughs) So if you know that combo, you know what I'm talking about. If not, you should go look it up. But I'm Greg Best. I got to see some of his clinics, and he's a phenomenal trainer. Oh, my gosh. Um, And so I just started embodying that energy. And next thing you know, Biffy started to settle down, and we felt really good in the warm-up. And we did quite well. I think we got, like, third place in our first little jump show. I was just so proud of him. And I was, really, I was really happy that that idea just came to me. Like, what if I just decide I'm someone else? And then you just start to step into that feeling of, okay, I've totally got this. And your entire physiology changes when you're riding. So I just wanted to give that little tip for you as well. Okay, so the next horse I want to talk about is Bentley. Bentley was a phenomenal competitive horse. He was half Oldenburg, half Thoroughbred he was 163 so he was a big one for me and i'm only 5 foot 1 and he used to jump with his first owner and then i got him from his second owner who did who did uh, mostly dressage with him and so when i got him i wanted to do all the things of course Now, what I what I didn't know is that he would get really strong for jumping and that size of a horse when they get strong, it it can be intimidating. So he would often jump a jump and then get so excited he would throw his head down and and want to buck. And that could be really scary for people. And a lot of people can pop off at that moment. (laughs) So I decided to just totally change his entire perspective about jumping. I was like, listen, I know you like to do this, but let's let's take a step back here let's see if we can just chill out and decide the jumps don't really have to be that big of a deal so I decided to set up really little jumps and I decided to just have him walk over every jump halt and then breathe and I'd scratch him so he understood there was no reason for him to get too amped up no reason for him to rush And then after we did that several times, then I said, okay, I'm going to let you trot one of these jumps and then back to walk. And so we really broke it down into really small steps that way, and it helped him just settle. So if you have a horse that's rushing and racing a lot of times, if if you do things like that and really dial it down, walk over a jump, halt, breathe, even back up a little bit, then walk on, let him trot. Do your best to just keep them super straight all the time. And keep your body really supportive. So those are my tips for if you have a horse that's really bold. (laughs) And then if you have a horse that you totally trust, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Keeper. Keeper was my thoroughbred I got when I decided I wanted to do a venting. He was phenomenal. As long as you pointed him towards a jump and kept your leg on, he would jump anything that you pointed him towards. So I started to experiment and I would actually um, tie up my reins in a little knot. And I'd put my arms out, like airplane arms, and I would jump a little bit like that. And that was so good to build up trust and to just let him have his head completely free jumping. And he loved it too because he knew that he was taking care of me and that I was not going to micromanage him. So speaking of micromanaging, a really wonderful exercise you can do that I learned um, is to close your eyes once you've got the line for your jump close your eyes for like a few seconds. And I'm saying maybe like at least six or seven strides out from the jump, not at one or two strides before you jump, at least six or seven, maybe even uh, further out. But if you can close your eyes for a few seconds, what that does is it gets your body to settle in and it gets you to connect more to your sit bones, connect more to your horse. And then it'll get you focused on your breathing a little bit more. And then when you open your eyes, then... You can find your distance right from there and then just allow your horse to take you. Because a lot of times if people are micromanaging, like just holding onto their horse too much or just trying to do too much right before the jump, it's because they've gotten out of their bodies, like I said, and their mind is floating away. So if you can do your best to just breathe and close your eyes for a few seconds and then open them again right before you jump, you're going to find some really interesting shifts. Of course, I always suggest having someone on the ground while you're jumping watching you. That's something I probably should have said in the beginning. But have, have a buddy system, either a trainer or a friend or a family member, just always right there. That's going to be the safest way to make sure that you're always getting support. And then, of course, if, if you need jumps moved around or if one got knocked down, they can help you put it back up. So that's always nice to have a handy jump curve there for you. So closing your eyes is also a really cool thing to do when you're just doing flat work. Just make sure you you don't have any obstacles in the way or, or much traffic in your arena. And you can even say out loud, I'm closing my eyes for a few seconds <laughs> just to feel my body um, if you need to, if anyone's around you. That way they'll be sure to steer clear of you a little bit more or do an extra circle so they don't knock into you. So... Always good to give people a heads up of what you're doing. <laughs> All right, so now let's see. I want to share a little bit more uh, basic tips that I've shared with my clients. When you're actually going over a jump, I like to have them take a deep breath and then let it out as you go over the jump as if you're blowing out birthday candles. And there's always that wonderful saying, I'm sure you've heard it before, but send your heart over the fence and your horse will follow. So basically make your intention really clear. So if you have any doubt about the jump, don't go for it. (laughs) You need to make sure that your heart is committed to it. I hope that makes sense for you. And then I want you to always think about visualizing how you want the jump to feel and where you want your horse to go before and after. So I had a moment where I was jumping with my pony and I was being really clear on the visual before the jump and over the jump, but I wasn't being clear about him moving out and then going around the corner and continuing on. So he actually jumped beautifully. And then after the second jump, he started to get kind of squirrely and a little, a little um, humpy, I guess you could say. He just started like lifting up his body, almost like he was going to buck, but not quite. And so I went, oh, I need to visualize how I want it to feel all the way after and then around the corner. And as soon as I did that, everything smoothed out because then I kept riding him. Because what happened is after I jumped the second jump, I I literally just kind of pooped out. My brain just like literally blipped out and I forgot to keep riding my pony. So (laughs) I visualized the whole thing with myself, continually supporting him, keeping my leg on, breathing, softening my elbows, moving with him. And then everything smoothed out and it was great. So visualizing is so important to do. You can do it before your jump course, and then you can do it a few strides ahead. So like when you're doing your half-haul, think about, okay, this is how I want it to feel, this is how I want it to go, and then relax and breathe and allow it to happen. So I know I'm saying a lot of things really quickly, but hopefully (laughs) that you're getting something out of this. And then uh, one of the other keys is straightness is key. I know I mentioned that before, but always look way ahead to find your line so you can get as straight as possible. And then if you ever look down, your horse might hesitate. So make sure you're looking ahead, finding a specific focal point so that way you can keep your gaze looking ahead. And that way your horse knows yes, I am committed, we are going. And then you just make it a priority to keep staring at that focal point. And this will help keep your position steady. It'll give your horse confidence and it will help you notice if your horse begins to drift away from your line. So if you start looking at that straight line that you want and you feel like your horse is like, "Uh uh-oh, it's starting to drift right, then you add a little more right leg, a little half halt on your right hand, and then your horse will straighten up. If your horse has a lot of trouble staying straight, you can actually set up what I call railroad tracks um, before and after the jump to make yourself like a little tunnel, and that will help you keep your horse straight as well. The other thing I love to do is imagine your horse is a rushing stream of water. So that way, if they start to drift left, you can put your left leg on and seal that leak and send the body back over to the right. You can also play with an opening right rein with the left leg pushing to help with this issue. But be sure your left rein contact is so steady that the window doesn't open. Think of closing the door with your left with your leg and the rein on the left and create an opening feeling on the right. And make sure it's a forward and opening, never back and opening, okay? As soon as your horse gets straight again, be sure to get back to home base with both your hands in a balanced position in front of you again right away. And remember, this takes time and patience to develop your reaction time. So don't be too hard on yourself. And like I said, practice with pulls. Pulls on the ground, pulls raised a little bit, tiny little cross rails. Like Start out really low um, and that way you're going to save Save your horses from doing too many jumps at once and you're going to really, really perfect your timing that way. It's going to be amazing. Okay, so final thoughts here. Jumping is an incredibly thrilling sport, but please, please take your time learning it. You want to be your absolute steady and strong self before you move up to the next level. Never be in a rush to progress. I want you to be bored to tears and incredibly confident in your skills before doing the next thing, whatever that next thing is. Bigger jumps, cantering a course, and remember, most of all, have fun. All right, I really hope you enjoyed this. Please write a review on whatever podcast app you're listening to. I would really appreciate that. And reach out if you have questions. I do have plenty of other resources for you, as well as programs and courses, you can check all of that out on my website, inspiredriding.com. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to lead with kindness for yourself and for your horse. And may the horse be with you always.